The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Friday, June 26th, Fireside Chats Without the Fires. It is amazing. The end of June, our final podcast of the month of June, but not our final podcast. Neither of July, neither of August, neither of 2020, and beyond. I'm Neil Toff. Paul Catherall, are you there? I'm here, my friend. I'm here. How are you? You sound full of the joys of spring. Full of it. Full of it. It's the end of the week. Uh, be happier. We're going to have a good, sh- good show here. Uh, just a quick tip to the audience. Look out. Fireside Chats about the fire in the month of July. Excuse me. I got so much in my head. I got to squeeze it out because <laughs> we got some great guests coming up. Some amazing guests in the month of July. But before we get to July, let's get to today's session. Yeah. Uh, we are calling today's session call is a call is a call question mark. <laughs> that will actually occupy the second portion of our call. But with the first portion of our, of our call today, we're going to get into something that and we're going to make reference to our good friend uh, and podcast guest, Jeremy Watkin who is the creator of CX question of the day, also known as hashtag CXQOTD. And I had the pleasure of hosting this past Monday's CXQOTD. And the question was basically, do you need to have scores in your QA exercise? And we had a great set of responses back and forth. It's still going here, you know, five days later, people are still you know, sharing opinions and 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 there's a little bit of a discrepancy. Some people say absolutely. Some people say it's not worth a damn. Regardless, there's a great set of opinions. I'm going to challenge all of those people that are responding. If you're hopefully listening to this thing, very few of you, I believe, and respectfully so, have the experience that my podcast co-host Paul <laughs> Catherall has in this particular segment because he and I have talked about it, and it was this the planting seed, the genesis of this podcast. We talked about it on our first live webinar uh, with ICMI about QA and QM, and he revealed his methodology. Paul, share a little bit about your philosophy about do you need scores in the exercise of QA? Such a loaded question, Neil, to be honest with you, in terms of, you know, do you or don't you need scores? So if I can if I had if I had a TARDIS, let me go back. You know, maybe twelve months. We use scores, right? We would create a QA form, and each element of the QA form carried a weighting. We came across many challenges during that process, right? We would have a, a weighting of a one to five. Well, Neil's definition of a five is going to be different to Paul's definition of a five, and we did the usual contact center stuff, right? We did the calibration calls. We held, we involved the sites when we went through the whole QA form, et cetera, et cetera. And going through that process, it, it really didn't come, we really didn't settle on a good common ground to say, this is how you should call, score a call. So probably about six months ago, we went through a huge pivot and we moved away from scores and we moved to more of a effective versus ineffective scoring. All right. So it, the the whole definition of that was, has the call provided the solution to the customer? Basically, has it been effective to that customer, right? So even though you've still got the same, the, the different elements, rather than giving it a score, you, are, you mark it as effective versus ineffective. And that tends to be a little bit more easier for the contact center agents in particular, but also the sites 
to mark or to score against, if that makes sense. Do you, do, does that follow, or am I? And please tell me. Yeah, no, it, it does. But so, so the point that I challenged uh, some of the people that, that yeah. believed in scoreless QA yeah. is that you got to report into, let's call it the C-suite, let's call it the managers, the decision makers, and the decision makers, all the bean counters, we all want to know, well, how did we do in QA? And yeah. we want to know that 78.23789% were what? How do you do that with effective versus ineffective? Does your leadership care? Are they not asking the right questions? Or are they basically, they've, they've also drank the Kool-Aid and they've accepted and understood that they're going to get one or the other. How do you report that to them? Yeah, so it's a mixture of, of all of the above, as you said. The main one is they have drank the Kool-Aid and they've realized that, you know, if it was taken as, let's say, six months to agree what an 80% call was to mark from, from everybody involved, then surely that six months is that six months time is better put somewhere else. So that's why we made the change. We're lucky where we have our, our core leadership team. They've completely bought into the customer experience model, right? They're completely aware of it, and, and they are so on board with it. It's, it's unlike um, a company that I've worked with in the past. They're on board. They understand it. And they're willing to invest in it, not sacrifice anything, but invest in making sure that we give the right type of customer experience and the customer journey to our customers. So it's it's more the fact that the the senior leadership understand it and they understand what we're trying to do, and they now understand ineffective versus effective what that means. There is a slight challenge though that it's difficult to 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 track progress right so what how, how do you measure it how do you go well we we do we're now doing a better job you know what, what how do we track that and how we track that is through csat that's how we track that so we've moved away completely from an internal C, uh, qa score we just really focus on our csat scores now man you made this very easy because this was my next question and this is one of the arguments i also made is that i don't know if there's a study that's really been shown that says that there's a linear relation between what a company's perceived QA yeah. scores are versus CSAT. Because, right, we all we all want to believe that it's linear, that as long as we are good in QA, we're also going to get CSAT and that it's a uh, one-to-one reflection of customer experience. That's nice. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. I'm not saying it's untrue, but who's actually taking the time to prove this thing? So you you've have you actually been able to show that uh, your ratings as effective or, it, or ineffective is mirrored in CSAT? Not yet. Not yet. What we have seen is we've seen a slight increase in our CSAT scores, but it's too early to tell at the moment, Neil. But I, I agree with you going back to your point. There's there's never been, to my, to my knowledge, there's never been a study or a correlation that says if you're scoring 80% here in your QA internal score, you're going to get an 80% in CSAT, right? I, that, that, that study I, I've never seen. So I'm not going to nail my colours on the mask just yet. We Our aim is to drive that, but who knows? And as well as the QA form, what we've done is we've implemented a call flow. So basically, it's kind of, look, this is the flow that we want the agents to follow. It's, 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 it's loose, but we give it, um, I guess a better way of describing it is we'll give you the skeleton, but Neil, we want you to add the meat. We want you to add the muscles, right? So that's kind of how we do it. Makes sense? It does. I mean, that goes to the whole thing of, should a call be scripted or not? And there's some people that say yeah, that must, that's absolutely must be scripted. But then I think probably most would say, of course not. You can't script no. a call because you're never going to really be able to predict what the heck the person is going to say or not say. But uh, we'll that's get it. into that. That is in, in this in this upcoming <laughs> portion of our call. Let's actually move into that. 
Okay. So this is now, I think, the second week that we're going to be starting this segment of the, of the podcast called CX Myth Busters. Love it. Go ahead, man. Bust a myth for us. So it, it really is into what we were just talking about there. In my humble opinion, not every call is the same. You can't have, you can train the agent, you can give them the, the, the right coach and the right, the right knowledge, but they get a call from Neil. Neil's a different person to Paul. Right, your call flow is going to be different. The way that you interact with the agent is going to be different compared to me. So not every call is the same. That's my myth buster. But I can sense by your face there's a challenge coming my way. Right, I can feel it. So the title of the podcast is a call is a call is a call with a question mark. Yeah. And witty British <laughs> podcast co-host says he removes the question mark and he says a call is a call is a call. Period. Other, hopefully, or actually less witty American podcast co-host, me, says, of course, bloody fool, a call <laughs> is a call is a call. Yes, it is. It is. It absolutely is. Why? Of course, Neil is different than Paul, and Paul is different than Sally, and Sally is different than Leslie O. We know yeah. that. But I think ultimately customers want the same thing. They have problems, they have questions, they need to have them resolved. It doesn't matter what the question or problem is. We need to do our best to respond to it, to be polite, to be respectful, to be friendly. We need to do our best to resolve it. Every call needs a resolution or email or chat or whatever. It needs a resolution and it needs to be put into a process. And so it, you talked about skeleton and meat yeah. and, and flesh. They all have unique meat and flesh but they all have the same skeleton, I believe. That's my myth buster. Okay. If we all accept that a call is a call is a call, we will learn to actively listen much better. We will learn to be patient, friendly, empathetic, and we will focus on resolution. That's my myth buster for the week. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. <laughs> Before we end this thing, who are your CX heroes of the week? Favorite section of this call. CX I, I, of the week. I, I love this section. It gives me an opportunity to really call out people that I've either had the opportunity to make or I follow with a lot of passion on Twitter. So I've got two uh, gents that I'd like to call out. A long-standing fan and, and actually our guest recently on the podcast, Jeremy Watkin. That guy is awesome. I love the fact that after we posted the podcast last week, he took it upon himself to do his own post on quotes and that thing on friday that that took off and some of the people that were replying to that was was, was phenomenal loved that um and then he recently i think it was yesterday he's he's his question of the day was what do you do with positive feedback and the person my, another cx hero that i'd like to call out was somebody that replied to that tweet a guy by the name of ben motram ben i don't know if you listen to the podcast if you do We'd love to have you on board as, as a guest sometime. Um, and he replied with, you share it. Just share the positive feedback across all the channels you possibly can. So those two are my customer heroes, customer, yeah, customer experience heroes of the week. Oh, awesome. I'm going to add two, and it is not a coincidence that they are upcoming guests in the month of July. I already mentioned that I'm really excited. We're both really excited about July. 100%. Stacey Sherman. Stacey Sherman, wow. tune into us. You're up, coming up soon on this podcast. Stacey Sherman has put out some really great content, great ideas, uh, challenging stuff. She's got incredible energy. I like the stuff she's putting out there. We will absolutely get into it 
uh, a little bit into the future in a few weeks when she comes on. We're going to talk about onboarding. We're going to talk about first impressions. Uh, she's going to be a sensational guest. Uh, and I also want to give a shout out to my other CX hero of the week, Jeremy Hyde. He's also a coming guest in the month of July. Uh, Jeremy is a um, thought leader. He's a thoughtful thinker, if you can imagine the combination of those words. Thoughtful thinker. Uh, there is There are a few people that take their time and reflect and just put out good content and ideas. Few of them are like Jeremy. He's going to be a sensational guest, articulate, uh, energetic. He's all over the place. Um, he works for an important airline, uh, but he's also active in the Midwest Contact Center Association in a leadership role. So he's he's in a lot of places. It's going to be he's going to be a sensational guest as well. Wow. I'm a big fan of Jeremy's. What a July to look forward to. Hey, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's amazing. We're going to wrap up today, Friday, June twenty sixth. Fireside chats without the fires. I got it right this time. Fireside <laughs> chats without the fires. We are grateful to our audience. Thank you for an amazing June. Paul, as always, a pleasure to uh, run this podcast together with you. We're doing great things. July is going to be a sensational. August is going to be even better. And can't we can't wait to continue putting out amazing content. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care, Neil. Thanks, listeners. Take care. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Cathro. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.